All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sam's DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, August 4th of 2023 here. Last show of the week. For those of you guys who tune in regularly, you guys know this show is Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you guys have questions ahead of the weekend, today is the day to get those in. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saber Sims, a show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS related questions. You can get your questions in one of three ways. One, you can send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Two, you can post your questions live in the YouTube chat. And three, you can post your questions in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you are not in our Discord and want access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You'll also get access to all of our similar channels and all of our individual sport channels where members of the community, members of the Saberson team are helping each other get better at DFS each and every day. And with the similar channels, you get you get to see when starting lineups are released, when players get scratched, when uh, Sims run for that updated news. So can't say enough great things about being in the Discord. But uh, looking ahead to today, we got an 11-game MLB main slate. We have the cut. It is cut day of the Wyndham Championship for PGA. So good luck to all of you with your cut sweats here. And then, uh, like I said, it is Friday. So we have an MMA card on Saturday. And we have NASCAR on Sunday. So plenty of sports to talk about here. And uh, if you are not joined up with Saberson, want to give us a shot, we have a link to a free trial in the description of this video as well. But going to get the app pulled up here. A uh, couple quick hitters. Uh, Marvin said hello. What is up, Marvin? And then uh, Lulu here said, is this channel doing football content? So our YouTube channel, we definitely do football content. Uh, we will have more news on what content that we're going to have as the NFL season approaches here. Uh, we do have the NFL preseason slates in the app here, but we are not providing projections for that. So if anybody wants to come in here to NFL and um, use SaberSim to build lineups for their preseason contests. You guys can definitely do that here. I'll just circle back to uh, week one to show you guys what, what was going up with that. So NFL DraftKings preseason, and it was the uh, Hall of Fame game from yesterday with the Jets and Cleveland here, and then you could use SaberSim to build all your lineups. But we will have a uh, much more in-depth content schedule as, as we approach NFL season here. So just wanted to knock those two out. A uh, couple questions to get us started. One from Deshaun in the YouTube chat, uh, one in the Office Hours channel, and then one from Support here. So I'm going to hit this Office Hours one first. I actually want to hit the Support one last. I know we hit the Support ones first usually, but this Support one is going to be a little longer than usual today. So I'm going to hit that one um, toward the end of our show. But first question here. Hi, Andrew. I want to stack Baltimore and KC today on the 11-game slate. How do I build a rule? to get both teams, but have the ability to decide how many of each. And I want exposure to all combinations of the two, not just the highest projected players. So this is including four, three ones or other bills that pick pitchers and one-offs from the games. Does that make sense? I'm joining the feed today. Awesome. So happy to have you here and happy to show you how to do this. So, so really the way that I would do this, um, they're on different games. So what I would do is I would go to lineup rules. I would add a new rule and then I would make, it seems like you want at least a three stack of each team here. So what I would do is make two stacking rules, stack rule type method, basic stack, at least three, just leave the position players checked and then leave all batting orders checked here. 
And then eligible teams, right? This is what you're going to want to change. So you're basically going to want to uncheck all the teams. Uh, you're going to have to do two rules, one for each team here. So I'm going to do stack at least three, and I'm going to do Baltimore only here. And the reason that I'm doing one rule for each team is that if I put both teams in this rule, it's going to read it as, hey, I can stack Baltimore or I could stack Kansas City, right? But but we want to build these very specific stacks with only these teams in it. Uh, so here I want to leave Baltimore and I want to leave Kate uh, just Baltimore. And then I want to say stack at least three, right? So doing at least three will allow for these four, three ones that you've talked about. Uh, so stack at least three, save that one for Baltimore, and then create the same exact rule. And then this time I'm only going to do KC. And then this will make sure that every single lineup that is built has a Baltimore KC stack in it. So now KC, and you're going to have at least three players from each team here. And then two rules are active, and we can test this here. So we're going to make two quick adjustments, two projections. I'm actually going to build a little less lineups here. Uh, the reason for that is with some of these rules, you can expect the builder to take a little bit longer to build your lineups here just because um, you know, that's that's very, very restrictive here. So just for the sake of the show, just going to build 200. But if I have 200 out of 200, then that means I will also have 500 out of 500 with that same, uh, me meeting that same criteria there. So going to let the builder do its thing here. And we will check out these lineups in the post build. All right. In the post build here, uh, good news. First lineup is a 5-3 with Baltimore and Kansas City. So that is telling here. And just looking at this, right, uh, 206 lineups in the player pool here, and we have 206 lineups with a Baltimore stack and 206 lineups with a Kansas City stack. And then if we want to go and look at the different stack types that we're getting, so here, you know, we're getting four fours, four three ones, even some three three twos, uh, some three three one one ones, and some five threes, right? So uh, you can see the different variations of the stack types that you're getting with these uh, stacks still present here. So it seems pretty close to what you were looking for. So if you are looking to do it, that is the way I would write those two rules and use it to build your lineups for today. So good luck. And let me know if you have any more questions about that rule. All right. Second question here from Deshaun in the YouTube chat question says when building lineups for a single entry contest for MLB, how far are you reaching into your pool of lineups to decide which one you will be taking with you into the contest. Are you going like top 20 lineups and then choose from there or, or, and also for a larger slate like today or just large slates in general, do you like to be more spread out with players and exposures? Okay. Good question here. So looks like two questions. We'll talk about these a little differently here. Uh, I'm going to turn these two rules off now and I'm going to run just a normal build with, uh, not only <laughs> not only these uh, two teams here for us to for us to work with in the post build, right? But really good question. So the question was, how far are you reaching into your pool of lineups to decide which one you will be taking with you into your contest? So this this is an interesting question. Um, it really depends what you're trying to do, right? And for me, you know, I released this video recently on the YouTube channel. And if you go to our YouTube channel, you go to playlists, you go to these co coaches corner playlists. These are like five to 10 minute videos talking about a very specific concept here. 
And one of the recent videos was how to build single entry lineups with Saberson. This is my process here, uh, talking about, you know, how I use Saberson to find the one lineup that I want to take with me into my contest. If you guys haven't watched it, I would highly recommend checking it out. But in that video, you know, I talk about valuing Saber score. And the way I like to do that is to look at my pool of lineups in different buckets. So the way I do that is like, hey, um, you know, the way this works, right? We build all your lineups and then we get to the post build and then Saber score goes and looks at your lineups and then figures out, hey, you know, these ones grade out better based on our Saber score formula. Let's move those up. These ones uh, grade out worse based on the Saber score formula. Let's let's move those down, right? So um, I like to value Saber score. You know, I don't like to just come in here, look at one lineup and then see what's going on, right? Let's look at a snippet of the pool. So we all usually do that is start with about the 10, top 10% of my lineup pool here. And I'm looking for trends mostly, right? Uh, what stack types are we playing the most of, right? So I can look at my trends on the entire pool basis. And then I could look at the trends on my top 10, uh, top 10% 10 of my pool basis, right? So here, five twos are in 39% of my pool approximately. And then they're in 48% of my top 10% lineups based on Sabre score, right? In 48% here. So, um, seeing seeing a common trend with the five twos right so a lot of five twos here and then i can just do this like row by row or uh column by column so stack types let's look at top 10 percent. let's look at top five percent you know are the five twos holding yes they are here come the five threes and the five one one ones let's look at you know the top the top 10 lineups the top two percent right and then you see uh five twos five threes still holding pretty strong i think one really interesting thing about what i'm seeing right now in these top 10 lineups is that there are only five lineups with three two twos in them across my entire pool. And two of those are in my top 10. So uh, kind of strange here. I would probably get rid of all these three, two, two, twos, four, twos, four, fours, four, two, two, twos, and, and use these uh, pool exposures. And, and some of the things I've seen with the five stacks across my top uh, 50 lineups here to, to kind of help me weed it down a little bit. Right. So that would take me from 10 lineups to ultimately five lineups here. And then that is, you know, first step in, in, in whittling down here. Right. But, um, let's say that, you know, this is really more of an approach for an unopinionated person. Like, Hey, I, I logged into SaberSim, I ran a build and now I am looking for a lineup to play, right? Maybe you are doing some type of research prior to running your final build that leads you to certain teams or, uh, certain players, like a certain pitcher that you want to play or some type of combination. Right. So, so just, just remember that I'm approaching this from a very unopinionated standpoint here and I'm okay, you know, really playing any lineup within the top 10% of my pool here. I would really like to stay within that range here. Um, but, but being as unopinionated as I am, I'm okay. I, I would much rather prefer to play a lineup in like my top 10, top 20, but definitely in my top 50. So that, that is the. I'm going to call that the unopinionated approach. The, uh, hey, I want to value Sabre score. I don't really have any um, prior uh, thoughts about this slate, right? But let's say that you're doing research. Um, you've determined that a certain team is 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 the way you want to play, is the stand you want to take. Well, in that case, what I would do is I would come into the post build. I would still look at, you know, let's let's pick a team here. I want to pick, I'm going to pick a middle of the road stack exposure team and I'm going to pick Baltimore. Let's just go with Baltimore, right? Uh, similar example to how we did this prior, right? Maybe, um, 
I believe it's, I believe uh, Marvin is, is the one who asked us. So Marvin says, Hey, you know, I want to play Baltimore, but I don't want to force Baltimore. Right. I want to get to a Baltimore lineup that Saberson gives me naturally. Right. So ways you could do that, come into the post boat and then use the plus magnifying glass on Baltimore. You're not going to have any in your top 10, but there are 43 in your pool. Right. And then go in here and look and see, um, you know, where are the Baltimore lineups ranking in your pool and how far down in your pool do you have to go to get them? So one major, uh, I would say, caution flag for me is like if I go to pool and I don't have any Baltimore lineups until, you know, way deep in my pool, like over 50%, I would probably, you know, rethink some of my priors or if I am sure I want to play Baltimore maybe what I would do is go back to the home screen and then adjust the Baltimore team total where I'm telling Saberson, Hey, I think Baltimore is going to play better than, than this implied run total that they had. I believe that a 5.1, you know, I'm going to give them about a half a zero to 0.5 run total bump and bump them up to like 5.6 and then rerun my build. And then hopefully I'm getting more Baltimore lineups higher up in the pool. But, that is me communicating to Saberson. Hey, I think Baltimore is going to score a lot of runs today. And then what Saberson does in that scenario is that, you know, we have thousands and thousands of Sims with, with this game, right? With this Baltimore game, uh, who are they playing? The Mets. And what we are going to do is we are going to start getting rid of essentially uh, removing from our pool of Sims to pull from uh, game sims where Baltimore scores really low. And then we're just going to keep, you know, where Baltimore gets shut out, all these low scoring run games in the sims, get rid of them, get rid of them, get rid of them until the new mean team total matches what you put. So from your five, from the 5.1 that we have to the 5.6 that you have, we're just going to keep getting rid of Baltimore sims. And maybe we get rid of like 500 sims, right? And then it takes us getting rid of 500 Sims to approach that new team total here. And then now uh, when we go to randomly sample the Sims, we're only going to have these, these new effective pool of Sims to pull from, right? So that's kind of what's happening there. But that is why adjusting team totals can be good here. Uh, one good thing I see here, right, is that, you know, we do have lineups with Baltimore higher up in our pool, right? 13, uh, 20, 54, 75. So even if we go a little further, we look at like the top hundred, you know, we do have a handful of Baltimore stacks here. And then what you can do is you can look at these like, Hey, you know, I want Baltimore to be the primary stack. I don't want Baltimore to be the two stack here. Then you just uh, look through these and then start locking them in. Right. When you lock them in, it's going to make them part of your lineup set. So, Hey, I have a Baltimore five stack here. I have a Baltimore four stack here. And then I have another Baltimore. Uh, what is this? five stack? Baltimore, and then I'm approaching uh, lineup 100 is is a Baltimore three stack. So, boom, I'm gonna I'm gonna include all of these in my pool now. I have five Baltimore stacks that I've uh, went through my pool and found, and then now I'm just gonna uh, get rid of this filter, and then I'm gonna change my number of lineups uh, to the five that I had, and then I can just look at the stack characteristics of these lineups specifically here, and then see how they kind of work into some of the previous things that I had. Uh, learned about about trends here right so and then i could pick a lineup from here so you know there's not a perfect answer as like to how far in your pool you should go i think that you know if you go into your pool and you see that what you are looking for is way down deep in your pool maybe go back to the home screen make some adjustments 
and go from there. All right. Second question here from Sean was, in general, do you like to be more spread out on larger slates with exposure? So I think that the answer here is is uh, best practice is probably yes here, just because in baseball there are so many ways to get to a winning lineup. Um, you know, I, I use this example often, but it's just such a good one where we had a Sabersive user, uh, Dr. Toy on FanDuel. Shout out to him. I hear he's crushing very often over there. Um, he came in second in a in a contest. He had 233.2 points, I believe. The winning score was 233.3 points, so lost by 0.1. Pretty brutal for like a 75K swing there. And both lineups only shared one player, and there are nine players in a FanDuel lineup. So that's just a really good representation of there are so many different ways to get to a winning combination in MLB specifically here that um, it's, it's okay to be spread out and it's okay to uh, you know, try and not be super concentrated. Right. But I think you're going to see some of this naturally here. So just remember guys that, you know, one thing that Sim diversity is doing here as the name entails, it is ma- it is trying to make your lineups diverse. It is trying to give you a diverse set of lineups here, right out of the gate. Very, very naturally here. So the higher this slider is, the more diverse your pool is going to be. And then the the, the lower this is, the less diverse your pool is going to be. So um, also, you know, just remember to take advantage of our mini Neeks feature here. And um, just this really comes down to your risk tolerance, right? Uh, how do you want to play? I'm not going to tell everybody, hey, you guys need to be spread out, right? Maybe some people like to take stands. Some people see an angle and they like to go all in. Like, hey, that's that's totally up to you definitely person by person basis here, but I think um, it is, it is very okay to be more spread out on larger slates here. All right. Good questions there. Um, question from Colin. Colin said, sorry if this has been answered in another office hours, but we'll say we're going to be running another mini max challenge this coming NFL season. Hey, Colin, uh, good question here. Uh, you, we've had a couple of these questions come up. I know it's August now, so people are really starting to think about NFL here. Um, I can't, I can't uh, release, you know, any, any news yet about what we are planning or, or not planning to offer here. I know that the mini max is super popular. We've done it, I believe two years in a row now and, and the people really love to uh, participate in it. So, um, we will, we will let everybody know with ample time to sign up and to, uh, you know, make sure that they're, they are aware of it when, when the season starts in about a, uh, a month and six days from now. So stay tuned. All right. Marvin said, uh, would changing mini uniques be another way that you can make Baltimore the primary stack since it would start getting players in the bottom part of the order, uh, per Deshaun's question. Uh, so not necessarily here. Um, well, well, let me say this. So if if we go back to that first build that we ran where we forced the KC Baltimore stacks here, then yes, uh, increasing mini neeks would help you get to more players across the entire lineup here. But I do want to just remind you guys here, you know, building lineups with SaberSim is different than building with a traditional optimizer here. So if you go and look at the fantasy point projections for any any team here, and obviously we'll just use Baltimore since we're using them here. Uh, let me get rid of some of these guys with a little filter. And then if I sort by order, usually you're going to see where the guys at the top of the lineup have higher fantasy points than the guys at the bottom of the lineup. It's a little bit of a sliding scale, right? Um, one through four is projected for eight. Five is projected for seven. Six, seven is projected for six. 
and then actually set eight nine are actually projected for seven again. But but basically five through nine are not projected higher than one through four. Traditional optimizer is going to love the top of the order in in this scenario, right? They just want you pack in as many projected points as possible into your lineups and uh, and give you a very high projected score, right? Saber Sim, that is not what we are optimizing for. So when you go into run a build with Saber Sim, what we are doing is we are randomly sampling our sampling our sim pool. We are pulling a number of sims from the game using the fantasy points that the players scored from those game sims and then using that to build your lineup. So even in our top lineup here, uh, we see it like a, a, a little bit of an interesting stack here. We have a one, two, three, four, eight stack with Baltimore. And then we have a two, three, six stack with KC. And then if we were to open this up, let's look at like our top, uh, we did 200 lineups. So let's look at our top 20 lineups here. And then let's see, let's go to batters. And then let's see what some of these um, exposures are, right? And over 50% to one through five here, you see a lot of that, but then, you know, you still see 35% to a nine hitter, 20% to a seven hitter. So like you said, if you, if you start increasing these many uniques here, uh, you are going to get more exposure to different players, right? So number nine hitter Kyle Isbell for Kansas City jumps up to 45%. We go to three mini uniques. Let's see if we can do this. Uh, yeah, we can. So so increasing mini uniques is just going to help you get more exposure across the entire lineup. I think that's a very fair rule of thumb here and something good to know. All right. Uh, those are all our questions in the Office Hours channel and the YouTube chat. I have this one question from support here, and uh, this is our last question at the moment. See a lot of people tuning in. What is going on, everybody? Happy Friday, last show of the week. Uh, so if you guys have any questions, now's a great time to get those in. But next question says, I'm in need of some advice. I'm really struggling with getting decent results with the optimizer. No matter what I change or where I pull information from, it always produces the same result. I've watched all your videos on building MLB lineups. Haven't been able to uh, build a bankroll because I can't even win the money back that I started with. My lineups just dance around, barely floating above or below the cash line. I'm scared to death to enter single entry contests. I'm probably on about a 20-game contest losing streak, and those contests aren't even close. I do better when I just run the optimizer and do nothing to it. It's just exhausting building lineups to just turn around and get your ass kicked every night. Please help. Okay, Great question here. Uh, I actually did respond to this user already because I just I had a lot of thoughts on it, and and it was easier to just write those thoughts down and and send it over to them. So, but but this is definitely a good question here. So I did want to cover it for everybody tuning in here. Uh, so just going to kind of reiterate some of the points that I mentioned here. So if you guys are looking to, you know, okay, so so first thing they said was. Um, one of the things they said, like, hey, I've watched all your guys' videos on building lineups. If you guys haven't, you know, I called this one out earlier. This is my video on building single-entry lineups, which is fairly recent here. We have a lot of videos in this How to Beat MLB DFS in 2023 playlist here. Uh, you can watch Jordan build his videos. He has, or build his lineups. Sorry, it says, watch a Saberson coach build MLB DFS lineups. Uh, shorter videos focused on, you know, just some small tips for MLB, some showdown stuff. We have in-depth videos with our models team. We have videos regarding uh, weather, uh, advanced processes. You know, all of these videos are a great starting point. I would highly recommend checking them out. But if you have done that, right, next thing I would do, uh, you know, I think that uh, one thing I did mention this user is, hey, if you guys aren't aware, you know, we do this show Monday through Friday, 
2 p.m. Eastern. All these shows are recorded. You can find these shows on our YouTube channel. You can find these shows on our on, on any and all major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, you know, all we try and make this show as easily available for you as possible. Um, even if, you know, you tune in and you hear a lot of the same questions, uh, same, same answers, you know, I, I used to like think that a lot, but you know, I think it's really important to still listen and just let those points be driven home. Right. Uh, you know, the more you hear it, the, the more you're just going to understand it and, and know it better, right? You're not going to forget it as easily. So even though some of the content, uh, some of the questions might be repetitive, it is good to just hear it over and over again. That just helps uh, cement those ideas and concepts in your head here. Another thing that I um, mentioned to this user, uh, one thing that stood out to me specifically here was this part where he said, where is it? Okay, right here it says, I'm scared to death to answer enter single entry contests. Uh, you know, it, I feel like if one person feels this way, then there are probably other people that feel that way as well. I would highly recommend rethinking that idea here. And really because, you know, we did a full set of back testing for last MLB season here. If you guys want to learn more about that under podcast, we have this behind the Sims playlist here where these are, you know, uh, videos of us working through different, uh, models and and back testing and 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 uh, trying to you know figure out information to help our users and subscribe or to help our sus- subscribers win money here and this first series episodes one through five these are all about at least an hour long here uh, so it just kind of shows you you know this is just what we recorded a lot more work went into this here but then basically all of that work ended up becoming our DFS profit plan which is this 17 minute video on the home screen here. Our DFS profit plan is a contest selection framework that we built to try and help our users smooth out the swings of DFS while still helping them grow and maintain a bankroll. And as part of the profit plan, the profit plan says, hey, you should be playing 2.5 to 5% of your bankroll on a nightly basis here. And from that 2.5 to 5%, you should be divvying that up into 25 to 30 50% single entry and three max contests and 50 to 75% 20 max and 150 max contests. So our back testing, what we found our DFS profit plan tells our users, Hey, you should be playing a mix of single entry and three max contests. And one of the reasons for that, you know, uh, that I tried to explain this to the user is if you are only playing large field and even if you have an edge it can still take a long time to realize that edge, right? But mixing in some of these smaller field contests where you can realize that edge quicker is going to be one of the best ways to smooth out your variance, right? So having this mix is super, super important. All right. Uh, some other things we talked about here were uh, DFS profit plan. Okay. this There's a part here. It says, I do better when I just run the optimizer and do nothing to it. Uh, so, so this is actually, you know, not a bad thing. I think this is actually a really good thing here. And this kind of tells you, you know, how SaberSim's optimizer is different from other optimizers in the industry, right? This is not a traditional optimizer where you have to go and set a bunch of rules and go and set a bunch of groups and, um, you know, only build you as many lineups as you requested and can take a really long time to do that, right? Uh, we are doing a lot of that busy work for you. We understand what it takes to win GPP lineups. We say that, you know, we're 
our GPP builder is our optimizer is focused on building high upside lineups to help you in GPPs. You don't need to set stacking rules. You don't need to set groups. We understand correlation. We understand upside correlation, which is, you know, we don't really care who's the highest projected batter today. We don't really care how Shohei Otani does, how he correlates to the rest of his batters. When he goes over four, uh, you know, he's never going to end up in your lineup in a sim where he goes over four or something like that, right? We care how does Otani correlate to the other batters in the Angels lineup when he, you know, does Otani things, when he hits a home run, where he hits two home runs, where he's on base, you know, over and over again. Uh, those those high upside outcomes for Otani, we look at the correlation from those and then use those to build your lineups, right? So we understand all of those things here. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's all a way of saving time for the subscriber and allowing them to get in lineups that are competitive, that can win contests in with a, with a limited amount of time, right? So uh, sometimes I think people think that, hey, the more time I spend on it, the better my lineups are going to be. Um, in this case, you know, I think that less is more, and sometimes you could actually end up hurting your lineups by doing too much, right? Uh, we put a lot of work into our projections and our optimizer, and, um, you know, a, a little, uh, maybe being a little more hands-off could help in some scenarios, and uh, last thing here that I wanted to talk about said it's exhausting building lineups to just turn around and get your ass kicked every night. Mm -hmm. So I can definitely uh, attest to that. I can, I hear you. Right. Um, what I would say is that, you know, sometimes taking a break is okay. And, and, you know, you have to work through the FOMO. That's, that's normal. Right. Um, but, but ultimately, you know, I've talked to Jordan about this concept as well as something that he really says that he likes to do on a downswing is like, Hey, you're playing all these contests. You're playing all these lineups, take a day off and then come back the next day and then just play one lineup in one contest and just put all your effort into building one solid lineup. And then once you feel that, you know, you can do that for as many days as you want. And then once you feel that, you know, okay, you know, I'm building one good lineup, then bring it up to three, then bring it up to, you know, more and more and more and scale it back to however many lineups contests that you want to play. But just sometimes, you know, bringing it back to ground zero can help you to say like, Hey, you know, why was I doing this in my process? Or, Hey, I forgot about, you know, this other thing that I used to do. Right. And one thing that I really like to do is write down all my processes uh, for baseball. Like I write down my process for baseball, go through every step that I do and then justify why I do it. Uh, like, why, why am I doing this? And sometimes I'll get to a point where like, Hey, I actually don't really know why I'm doing this or, or, you know what? I thought this was adding value, but it's actually not adding that much value now that I sit here and think about it. And then that can help you weed out part of a process that, that is just taking up time. That's not a huge value add. That is just, uh, you know, time probably better spent doing something else. Right. So having a process, justifying the steps you take and understanding why you do them only helps you to make better decisions here. So those are some of the things that I like to think about here. And then um, also, you know, having a schedule. So like me, when I'm playing MLB, like in, in full swing here, I usually always take Saturdays off. Saturdays are just like a bad day for me to play DFS. So, you know, I take Saturdays off and, and I'm good with it. Whatever happens on a Saturday, you know, happens on a Saturday, right? So having a schedule, being willing to take breaks, um, you know, implementing the DFS profit plan and, uh, you know, trusting SaberSim a little more, all things that are going to go a really long way in a DFS process. All right. Uh, next question from Alvis. 
always said for the person who is in a downswing, one objective way to see if SaberSim is helping is to look at your stats in Roto Tracker. For me, it is very clear that my top 1% and 0.1% dramatically increased with SaberSim. Uh, that's great to hear, Albus. And for those of you, for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, so Roto Tracker is a uh, software where you can take your CSV, which is like your your contest history from DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo. Um, and upload it to that site. It is a paid service. They offer free services, I think up to like 750 contests um, where you can, you know, see how you're doing in your contest, right? And one of the most objective ways, like I was talking about is like, hey, uh, an average player is going to put one lineup in the top 1% of their lineups. Uh, I'm sorry. An average user is going to put 1% of their lineups in the top 1% of a contest, right? So, you know, top 1% of a contest, over time, an average player are going to put 1%. Good players are going to put more than their fair share of lineups in the top 1%, and then bad players are going to put less than their less than their expectation in the top 1% of a contest. So if you are in a downswing, not doing good, you know, you're using Roto Tracker, and you go and look at, hey, for MLB this season, how many lineups have I put in the top 1% of my contests and you're seeing that your rate is actually 1.5%. Well, you're actually putting way more than your fair share of lineups into the top 1%. And then, so that can kind of tell you, Hey, you know, it's probably just a little bit of variance, um, a little bit of being unlucky here. Just got to stick with the process. And then hopefully that turns around. Right. And then you can even drill that down further here and then see, you know, top 0.1% because that's where the money really is. That's where these payouts grow um, like in multiples here, you know, they payouts grow really, really high. They're very top heavy contests. So even looking at 0.1% is also a very good metric as noted. Thank you for the, um, for the comment, for the, for the advice here. I always appreciate it. All right. Deshaun said, I just noticed SaberSim shows the amount of strikeouts for pitchers since strikeouts add value to pitchers and upside. Do you have like a cutoff point on pitchers you would allow in your pool? Um, so, so no, not exactly here. Um, one thing that I that I will do with pitchers specifically here. Well, let me say this. So, so these detailed stats, right? Uh, basically, what happens is we understand what the DraftKings scoring is, and then these stats get worked into the fantasy uh, fantasy point projection for the players, right? So, if I were to go and look at Aaron Nola's strikeouts on DraftKings, and then Aaron Nola's strikeouts. On FanDuel, they're going to be the same, right? All these detailed stats are going to be the same, um, but the fantasy point and the percentiles are going to be different because the scoring is different, right? So detailed stats stay the same, but the scoring changes, so the fantasy point projections change. So I'm not really looking for anything in regard to that because I know that's already being accounted for. But something that I do like to look for is um, openers or or guys that are, you know, on a staff day, like maybe it's a uh, – where the bullpen is pitching today and they expect, you know, to get four innings out of the first guy. Um, you know, I think that in those situations, players like that lack upside um, because they're, they're, they're never going to throw, you know, seven, eight, nine innings because they're on a very particular schedule. They could throw, you know, four lights out innings, uh, no hit innings even, and then they'll probably just do a combined no hitter or something like that. Right. They're not just going to leave that guy out there because he's pitching good. So, one thing that I will do is I will look at the number of pitches uh, sorting, sorting, descending here. And then I'll sometimes I'll either put a cutoff at like 60 pitches or look at some of these low guys like 
74 for David Peterson. Um, I saw there was some news around him earlier today with um, them being very cautious with using him. So, you know, being aware to that news and, and making adjustments for it can help you to avoid some pitchers that you probably would rather not play, right? And some of that news is, is going to be hard to capture in a fantasy point projection. So keeping your ear to the ground, uh, being aware of those things can only help you. You know, these guys are really low projected, so I don't know how much of them you're going to get anyways here, but those are just some things to look for. Uh, Willie said Solver has a bankroll tracker too. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen theirs. I know Road Tracker is like the OG one for sure. Deshaun said, last question, when is, when is the best time to start building MLB lineups? Is it best practice to build 30 minutes before lock? Uh, how, do, how do you handle that? Uh, so good question here. Usually I am building lineups, I'd say like one to two hours before lock here. Uh, the more lineups that can get released, the better, right? If you can wait until all lineups are released to build your final set of lineups, I think that's great. Um, sometimes, you know, these these late games will not have lineups released. And then you just got to do with the best information that you have, right? So I think I think worst case here, I really want to see the games that start at slate lock out. So all of these games, I'm in the West Coast here. So 4.05 p.m. to 4.10 p.m., there's five games. And then there's an hour break, essentially. And then you have games at 5.05 p.m. Let's say that I wait for all of these 405 to 410 games to have their lineups out, build my lineups. And then, you know, even if something changes beyond that, I have an hour to go back into SaberSim and then do any late swaps I need to do, et cetera, here, right? So um, the late swap builders is very good. It builds you a pool of lineups. So I think that if, if you're crunched for time for whatever reason, making sure that the games that you're going to have trouble late swapping for, Making sure that the lineups are out for those is, is what I would focus on. Marvin said, uh, another question, is it better to set that Baltimore KC stack as you showed or just let the builder run and filter to just KC and Baltimore stacks post-build? Uh, really good question, right? So it depends for me how many lineups you're building. Um, if you are building, you know, 20 lineups and you want half of them to have that KC Baltimore stack, I would rather just increase the run totals for those teams and let the builder do its thing. You're telling the builder, hey, I think these teams are going to be good today. Uh, so so you're just giving the builder that input. And then you're still letting it work that in with other lineups that it finds are good for today's slate. But if you're only playing one to three lineups here and you know those, that those are the three lineups that you want to play, I would just set the rule, right? So um, if, if you're trying to have these lineups be part of a bigger set here, I would probably avoid the rule and work it in with the team totals. But if you're only playing these lineups, then I would just put the rule and then you're going to get more options with the lineups that you want. So I think both options are fine here. All right. Uh, we are all caught up with questions in the office hours channel, YouTube chat and via support here. And with that being said, hope you guys, uh, or if you guys have any last questions, now is a great time to get those in while I wait for any last questions here. So I want to remind you guys, if you guys are not playing over on owner's box here, I would highly recommend taking advantage of our promotion. We partnered with owner's box at the beginning of the MLB DFS season here, being the first major optimizer to support contests on their site. They're an up and coming DFS site here. And um, great thing about that is that a lot of the contests overlay, you can find reduced rate contests, no rate contests, contests where they are paying you to play. The competition is generally going to be softer than what you can find on DraftKings, FanDuel, 
or Yahoo. And then also when you use promo code Saber or SaberSim, when you sign up, one, you can get up to a $500 deposit bonus. Two, we will track your entry fees for you and you can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing on the site and nothing else. Each time you hit one of these entry fee tiers here, we will reach out to you, let you know you have earned a free month of SaberSim. You can wait for the next tier or you can cash in on that free month right away. Once you cash in, we will automatically reset your tracking to zero and there is no limit on the amount of credit you can earn while this promotion lasts. So take advantage of it. This sign-up page is in the description of this video here. But great show today, everybody. Appreciate all the questions. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, we'll be right back here Monday, August 7th for our next show. So have a good weekend. Take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.